Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Trinity Podcast. My name is Ashley Matthews. I'm the Associate Lead Pastor here at Trinity. It is so good to be with all of you in this first week of Easter. Happy Easter, y'all. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. For the next several weeks, we're going to be offering an Easter reflection series. We're going to be spending each week reflecting on a few verses from the book of Revelation, which we'll also be preaching from uh, throughout the Easter season. But before we move into Revelation in future weeks, I want to spend uh, just a little bit of time today thinking together about the season of Easter itself. It's often times um, I hear true for a lot of people that uh, Easter, while glorious and hopeful and celebratory, they're not really sure what it is exactly that we're supposed to do. Lent feels really prescriptive in some ways, Easter uh, less so. So let's think together a little bit about really what we're meant to be thinking about doing and feeling during these next several weeks. In the church, the season of Easter is known as the Great 50 Days. It is longer and better in every respect uh, than Lent, Lent being only 40 days. During Lent, we fast. We put things down and do without so that we can be honest, reflective, and uh, sober-minded about our mortality. But in Easter, we, like Jesus, are meant to take off our burial shrouds and step into a new morning of feasting and celebrating the good news of the resurrection. We think about immortality during Easter. We celebrate the fact that Jesus lives and that in the same way that his body was raised, our bodies and the whole world, all of creation, will also be raised Romans 8 and beyond. This is not mere poetry and metaphor, and I love poetry and metaphor. This is flesh and bone, real life. This is what it means to be Christian, is to stake our hope on this fact. The tomb is empty, and we can now see the whole world as a result through the hope of resurrection and endless life. And that matters, y'all. It matters in so many different ways. I want to read you this quote from N.T. Wright by one of my favorite books. Um, Many of you already know what I'm going to say, and you're not wrong. This is a quote from Surprised by Hope. Listen to what he says. The point of the resurrection, as Paul has been arguing throughout the letter, he's referring to 1 Corinthians, is that the present bodily life is not valueless just because it will die. God will raise it to new life. What you do with your body in the present matters because God has a great future in store for it. And if this applies to ethics, as in 1 Corinthians, it certainly also applies to the various vocations to which God's people are called. What you do in the present, by painting, preaching, singing, sewing, praying, teaching, building hospitals, digging wells, campaigning for justice, writing poems, caring for the needy, loving your neighbor as yourself, will last into God's future. These activities are not simply ways of making the present life a little less beastly, a little more bearable, until the day when we leave it behind altogether. They are part of what we may call building for God's kingdom. Amen. One of the reasons Revelation is such an important and hopeful book is because it affirms this fact. 
We are not destined for some disembodied shadowy afterlife. We have an eternity of building to do. We have an eternity of art to make, food to eat, people to hold, animals to ride, and cities to visit. And if the idea of eternity totally freaks you out, so much so that you're robbed of all the joy of all the things I just said, know this, time itself was created by God for God's people. And so I suspect you will have no troubles with eternity and time in God's redeemed world. God made the world and saw that it was good. And he has not given up on his dream to see his vision for this planet and for humans fully alive and living in harmony with him and with one another. That's the beautiful message of Revelation 22, and I would argue the whole Bible. And that's why we party now. It's a preview of the feasting the Bible assures us that we will do in heaven. That, I will remind you, is being done now, even in heaven. Even while they wait, that we might all one day more fully rejoice together. Today, every time we take communion, every Sunday, I close my eyes and I can see with my mind uh, Jesus raising his glass with his friends. It's one of my favorite things to imagine, what it would be like to sit at the table and drink a glass of wine with Jesus. But there is coming a day when I won't have to close my eyes, because as Job says, I will see him for myself. My eyes will behold him and not as a stranger. I will see him with his glass held high and his smile will be, I imagine, everything. This is the vision that fuels our joy and our feasting during Easter. We are called, commanded by the church no, by our Lord, to sing, to laugh, to create. And thanks be to God, this year we're moving into at least the possibility that we can increasingly actually do those things together. We should hold each other longer this Easter, y'all. As a spiritual practice, we should hug as a spiritual practice during Easter. Get a vaccine and hug somebody. Seriously, I now declare this is the Easter for long hugs and random text messages to people telling them why you love them because you are going to love these people forever. It's not just our art and our cities that last into God's redeemed world. It's our love for each other. And I'm meant to love you today as if you were already the fully redeemed, resurrected you that Jesus knows you to be. We're studying the book of Revelation because it's a book about vision and hope. Yes, the world is still broken and dying and hellish in so many ways. Bad things happen to good people, wicked people win. But we know where it is all headed. Someday, God is going to wipe away every tear. Jesus is going to lay a real life hand on you. 
And in an instant, we will be rid of our bitterness, our fear, our pain, our blindness, and our doubt. And Easter would ask us to reach into that good future today to take hold of the hope that we have and pull it into the present. So I want to encourage you to imagine as, again, a a spiritual discipline for this season with the same kind of ardent devotion maybe that you fasted or prayed or confessed your sins during Lent. What might it look like for us also in Easter to take that same devotion and use it to imagine what your best heaven is like? Try to make it biblical if you can. What's it like? What do you see? What is Jesus doing? What are you doing? And then I want you to ask the Holy Spirit to use that vision to give you hope and joy for today. And then go out and hug somebody. Plant something. Eat something good. And give thanks to God, your creator, your savior, and your redeemer. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Amen.